This week on Inside Motorsport, we start the first part of a three-part series with New Zealand legend Ken Smith. I hope you'll stay with us. Ken Smith is a remarkable motor racing figure. In New Zealand, he's won three New Zealand Grand Prix in 1976, 1990 and 2004. He's also won the Penang Grand Prix three times, the Sanglo Grand Prix twice and the Malaysian Grand Prix once. He was awarded a member of the Order of the British Empire in 1987 for his services to motorsport. Well, we're here with Kenny Smith at Sandown. His young protege has just finished another of the Ute races, the Australian Ute races. But we want to talk to him about Kenny about a couple of things. First of all, maybe we'll start off with, in fact, IndyCars, because this weekend just heard the news that Scott Dixon has placed his car second on the grid at the final round at Sonoma. So he was your well, your first protege? One of the very, very early ones, yeah, he was. And uh, it's it's a great thrill to see what Scott's done. I mean, he's the most level-headed person I've ever seen. And, you know, he could be just like anyone else wild when he's out of a car. But as soon as he got in a car, the switch went a different way. And Scott's good, he can control himself. He doesn't let emotions get the better of him. He doesn't let people spook him out. And that's what makes him such a good driver. Yeah, the remarkable thing is, I mean, you used to talk about, you know, uh, Elaine Prost was a professor and various other things like that. Uh, I mean, it's not that you want to put a title on Scott, but he just does seem so level-headed. I mean, from that very first young man I met when you were, were taking him around the country in Australia in Formula Holden, he has come such an enormous way. Because yeah. clearly it's that level thinking and that level-headedness is, is now works from out of the car. Yeah, it does. And, I mean, Scott, when you see the way now, he couldn't speak years ago. I mean, even before you knew him, I mean, he was hopeless. He couldn't be interviewed. But now, Scott can have a good conversation. He understands what he's about. He's a grown-up man now, and uh, but he's level-headed at everything he tries to attempt to do, you know. Where did you see him going when you first... You Was it Formula Ford or earlier? Formula, uh, Formula V. Formula mm. First, yes. And uh, looking at him there, you could see the kid had talent. Um, some people you look at, it doesn't matter whether they're winning or they're not, and you look and you think, God, when this kid gets himself into gear and he hits the right car in him, he's going to be fast. And once he got out of there and into Formula Ford, he was unbelievable. You know, he's a thinker, and that's what's good about him. You know, he doesn't uh, bustle into a race and storm to the first corner like a raving lunatic. He decides, hey, I know where I'm sitting, I know when I'm ready to make a move. And he's the sort of guy that can psych the opposition out. He seems to know how to do that. And after you've been here with Formula Holden with him, which was obviously an ideal learning category as it was then, yeah. you then took him to the States, Indy Lights? We took him up to the States to walk through uh, Laguna just to have a talk and see if we can find any way of getting a drive, because in those days a little bit easier maybe if you showed talent than it would be today. Yeah. And uh, so I went up the pit lane and we would, would have gone through 20 teams but about 15 of those teams going, oh, Kenny, what are you doing up here? I haven't seen you for a long time. So, good, this is the doors open. And it was easy to talk to them. Yeah. Then we ran on Vern Japan, and I raced with Vern and said about him having a test. And he just said, oh, look, we don't test kids because they all think they're good. And I said, this kid is more than good. And so eventually he came to the party, and we paid some money to have a test. But he did two days, one with Pat West in a car that wasn't that good because the engine was sour, which they said it was. And uh, by the second day in seven laps, 
laps, he'd uh, he'd broken that track record of, of Indy Lights drivers there. It was Stefan Johansson, though, that really identified him, wasn't it? No, it was Vern Schuppen. It was Vern, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, Stefan came on the scene. Stefan wasn't there when we did, the, even when we did the test. And uh, and in those days, Vern said, well, after the test, he said, uh, well, you know, we're interested in doing something with him but we're going to need a million dollars. And I said, well, we don't have a million dollars. Well, why are you testing? I said, I want to prove to you that there is kids around better than what you see here. And, uh, and of course, what actually happened, Steve Horn, who was Tasman team, he helped us immensely by going up there when we were watching uh, Scott test and said, could you tell us Kenny and Scott, I'd like to talk to him when he just gets out of this car. And the, he thought that we were, that st he had a drive jacked up. Now, we talked to Steve and Steve said, look, I've got my drivers, I can't help you, but if there's any way I can open the door or push something, we will. And then Vern said to me at the time, he said, look, um, everybody's coming now talking to you after all these teams here watching how good this kid is, would you uh, give me seven day option on him? and we'll see if we can find some money. And I said, yep, all right, we'll honour that. You gave him the test. No one there was nothing down the road. And I said to Scott, keep walking, mate, because I said, we might have something here. So we did, not we disappeared. An hour later, we came back, and he said, what did he say? I said, don't ask me that, because I said, I didn't talk about your business, so, you know, you can't. we can't talk about his. And he said, I'll talk to Stefan, and we'll find the money for him, uh, if you just like to uh, give us time. And that's how it turned out. But, I mean, it was a lot of bullshit, maybe, but, hey, it worked. And, and we we weren't offering him somebody who was no good. Scott Dixon, I mean, you have to look what Murray Andretti recently said, that Scott Dixon's the best IndyCar driver in the world. He, he raved about that. Now, I mean, for a guy like that, uh, Murray, uh, to say, and you know how good he was, he was one of the greatest in the world at everything. Scott was was one of you first. Um, the other ones was Nelson Hartley. Nelson, yeah. And, <coughs> and uh, Nelson's actually retired from... Yeah, he does midget car stuff and better speedway. Um, but see, we were a little bit unlucky with him because when I had a, um, I had a, a, a test in an Indy car jacked up for him, and then Indy cars went, remember they folded up? Yes. And of course, when they came back in action again under another name, um, they, they had no test time. And we had a good in there with the right person to, because he would have gone all right. I mean, Brendan had that little bit more, probably, but hey, given time in a car, and Nelson was fast, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you've now got a, a current protege in Andrew Higgins, who runs alongside you in 5000. Yeah, Andrew Higgins, yeah, he's a great guy, and um, he, he's, he's been not, around. Not only driver, but works on his own car. And yeah, and he does a good job, and he's been, you know, he's been to Goodwood, and he's in America, he's run the Porsche in a couple of weeks in America as well at Laguna, and so he, he's good. But, uh, you know, there's a, a number of kids who have sort of helped and uh, loaned cars to them and put them in. And it's a great thrill when you stand on the sideline and see someone you've helped getting there. Yeah. It is. Your current garage, what does it have in it? The 5000 and the T332? Yeah, and uh, it's got two Atlantic cars. It's got John Cooper's 1948 Works Cooper 500, the works car he had, which nobody knew it was a works car, we sniffed it out. And, uh, but we've got that sitting there, and needs a bit of work doing to it, but it's the original one. And what are the uh, Atlantics? Uh, they're DB4 Swifts, American Swifts. One is the one I won the 90 New Zealand Grand Prix, and I've still got that car. Um, 76 March, which I've just sold, which I bought brand new in 1976, and it still looks like brand new. And I've sold that to a guy who wants a museum it. So. Okay. So that's that carries your colours. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's got all the old sign writing, Lavalise travel from the early days. Yes, yeah, Lavalise. 
uh, they've got value for money, I would well and truly believe. That's for sure. <laughs> now, you've just recently come back from Laguna Seca where you didn't have a great run, but it wasn't the car's fault. You weren't 100%. No, we got um, motion sickness and um, and just dizzy and just not there. We had a, like a, a virus or something because we were spewing up and that. And, uh, and I tried to go out and do a few laps the first week and I just I could not get vision of where I was going, so I decided I'd have to get out and uh, left it the second week. But second week we were probably 60% of what we should have been, but I managed to get in there and drive it. But it wasn't, it wasn't, satis it wasn't satisfying to me because at the end of the day, I was beaten by guys I beat in New Zealand and that annoyed me, you know. And you don't like to bow down to anybody, do you? So in your 61 consecutive years of motorsport, you haven't done that much overseas. I mean, I know you've done, you know, Singapore and Japanese and those Grand Prix. Yeah, we've some done years up there, Penang and Malaysia, all that sort of stuff. Not and much in Europe. No, and done uh, nothing over there, really. It's only, uh, only been Asia, Australia and, uh, and New Zealand. Yeah, and US, so... It's uh, crazy, isn't it, when you think of it? And, and do you catch up with some of your old mates like Kevin Bartlett? And yeah, well, Kevin was in America. He came up there, yeah. And uh, no, he's a great guy, you know. And it's it's good to see those old boys that you raced with from them days. And, and I was laughing. Even if they are just standing by the side now watching. Yes. <laughs> well, Ke Kevin always says, oh, these 5,000 are dangerous. I said, I can't understand how you could make that statement because you and Max Stewart were the bravest of brave in them in their day. And yet now he said, I wouldn't get him one. And when you look at him, he's probably right. <laughs> That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, where we'll continue our chat with Ken Smith, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.